let's quickly go to the States Hills oh. uh, and just catch up in the aftermath of what was uh, a brilliant victory by the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Jason Anderson, who's a great friend of the show. We had him on only a, a week or two ago, Kansas City Sports Radio host. Uh, Jason, uh, how are you this morning? But let, let's inquire about your health firstly. <laughs> <laughs> um, needing a little more sleep uh, at this point right now. <laughs> and will you get <laughs> After it? Last night, and <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I'll get it later on tonight. I think. I think it'll be an early night for me uh, to go to bed. But uh, but yeah, last night after the game was over, and then trying to do some work, and then you know getting up again early this morning, and you know the guy I do the show with uh, hosts our post game show. And uh, he ended up getting off the air at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, uh, started no the post game show at eleven. And got out of the, uh, got off the air at four o'clock, left the station at five o'clock, uh, back at the station at seven thirty to prep for the show that started at ten. So he got an hour nap. Uh, so uh, I believe he's probably asleep right now. I think. I think he's probably asleep. So <laughs> I what, hope he is actually. What's happened to the team? Are they back from Vegas yet, or what? What are the movements now? Yeah, they'll be back um, later on. They'll be back tomorrow. Um, or uh, they'll be back later today, I should say. So this morning they always have the winner's press conference there uh, wherever the Super Bowl is. And so Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, whoever the winning coaches and the MVP of the game, uh, do a press conference the next morning with Roger Goodell. So they do that. And then they sort of pack everything up and then head back home on Monday. And then tomorrow on Tuesday they will sort of take some time off and chill, and then Wednesday will be the parade. Okay. Um, what? Uh, the team say they never doubted what they could achieve all year, actually. What about the fans? Uh, have you been that confident? Oh, I, no, the fans doubted. I mean, there, there's there's no getting around that. This year was, I think it's one of the more satisfying of the three, mm. which is uh, just an amazing thing to say is that we're choosing between which three that, you know, feel the best or yeah. are the most satisfying. But um, the the reason I say that is, you know, this was a team that, middle of the season, didn't know if this was going to be a team that would even make it far in the playoffs. Yep. I mean, we talked about, you know, throughout the season, like this team was six and one, and then they went on a two and four stretch. And so they were sitting at what, eight and five on the season. And they were a game up in the West on the Broncos. So they're only leading their own division by a game. Mm. And we were talking about this wide receiving core. Patrick Mahomes was losing his mind on the sideline about officials um, the defense was good, but this offense is just too pedestrian. The tackles aren't good enough. Um, you know, Kelsey looks old. This is just going to have to be a season where you go through. And you know what? The Patriots won six Super Bowls over like, you know, 20 years. And uh, they had a whole decade where they didn't win one. So maybe this is just one of those years where the Chiefs make the playoffs, but just don't make much noise. Yeah. And quite frankly, I mean, they went two and three in December. Like, it's not like this was a team that turned it on. It was like, okay, there you go. There was one game against the Bengals that they played that was like, oh, yeah, that looked better. And then they rested their starters in the last game of the season, and then the playoffs happened. So uh, it's it's one of those things to where after we watch this, there is not going to be a doubt around the city until the Chiefs are done in January. It doesn't matter what they're doing in November or December. This was a lesson to, I think, a lot of people, certainly around here with the fans, because you know even myself, I'm like, you know after they lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day, which ended up being their last loss of the season after they lost to the Raiders on Christmas day at home and kind of got pushed around and, and uh, bullied a little bit. 
Uh, you know, I went on the air and I'm like, unfortunately, this is just what an average playoff team looks like. I mean, there's a lot of playoff teams that are just sort of filler. And, you know, there's 14 teams that make the playoffs and not every one of them is going to be able to to win the Super Bowl. They're, they're sort of there to fill out, you know, programming for the networks. And that's kind of what an average playoff team looks like. Hey, and, of course, uh, nailed that one. <laughs> talk to us about, I mean, I'm not heavily into the nuances of, a, of a, you know, what is a very technical game, but... Uh, boy, oh boy, just from a sports lover, watching Mahomes in the clutch is a delight. It's unbelievable. I mean, what's, what's, there's so many things that are sort of amazing and, and different angles you can take. But one of the things that's really surprising to me is when he was coming out of college and the Chiefs were talking about, you know, drafting him and the Chiefs, um, well, they weren't really talking about drafting him. They wanted to keep it a secret because they wanted to trade up to get him. Um, but the Chiefs behind the scenes were talking about, you know, uh, how this is one of the best prospects they've ever seen. And a lot of people that were studying the draft and studying college said, well, Mahomes isn't really a winner because he's not winning as a college football quarterback. And so if this guy's so great, why is his college team only winning four and five games a year? So he's really not a, he puts up crazy stats, but he can't win games. Okay. So that was the reputation for Patrick Mahomes. Never won in college. He gets to the NFL and he sits behind Alex Smith and doesn't do anything for a year. So he doesn't even get a chance to prove it. He can't go out there and sort of learn those things. And then he starts and all he's done is go and win three Super Bowls <laughs> over a six year stretch and win two, uh, three Super Bowl MVPs, be 15 and three in the postseason, and be a guy that when his team is trailing by 10 or more points in the playoffs, he's five and one. And the rest of the league over that same time is six and 48. And somehow this was a guy who wasn't a winner. So like, I mean, it's just one of the angles, like watching him play. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen somebody that just when the lights are brightest and you've got to find the play, you've got to find a way to get it done he just seems to do it. And last night he did it with his legs. I mean, he was running the football when need be. He was completing passes. He was, uh, he was absolutely brilliant. Those final two drives. I mean, he goes out there at the end of regulation. They're down by three points. You have to score. The game's over. Drives them down, kick a field goal. He goes back out there in overtime. You have to score or the game is over. Drives his team down and scores a touchdown. I mean, that's, those are the biggest stakes, you know, of the sport. And he came through with uh, with, with just brilliant play in the, in both those drives. And made it look easy and seem easy. Um, the best, That's right, yeah. Uh, who, other than he, was uh, your best player, do you think? Um, I think Trent McDuffie on defense, number mm-hmm. 22, was really, really good. Um, what what, uh, what the defense wanted to do was just try to bring as many guys and, and pressure the quarterback and limit Christian McCaffrey running the football and, and leave their guys sort of on an Island with those receivers and trusting them to make plays. And Tripp McDuffie was really, really good throughout the game. Uh, there were a lot of unsung heroes throughout the game, but I would say if I'm looking for one other guy, I think he played just an absolutely brilliant game and was big on limiting Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, And, you know, just what the, the fact that those three guys, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, I mean, the, the, they they pick up yards on everybody. It, yes. It's one of the reasons why the offense is so good. And they didn't get to 100 yards total between the three, and that's just something that doesn't happen very often. In fact, it's only the third time in the 48 games they've played together where they didn't combine together for at least 100 yards. <laughs> and yeah. one of the other ones was when they didn't have a quarterback last year, when they had a running back that had to play quarterback because of injuries, and that's what the Chiefs' defense was able to do. And McDuffie was a big part of that, so... I'd say defensively. If we're looking at Mahomes and how great he was in that game, 
the defense was really brilliant in that game to keep the Chiefs in the game. The offense sputtered, defense went out there, got the ball back. The offense sputtered, defense went out there, got the ball back. So if the defense wasn't as good as they were last night, um, we'd be talking about a, a 49ers victory and, and the Chiefs, you know, not winning that one. But yeah. the defense was really good. Hey, just very quickly, the, the reaction over there, you know, nationwide, I suppose, to the uh, Travis Kelsey coach, a uh, little tighter tight. Yeah, that's uh, that was really interesting. I was that was concerning because early in the game, I mean, you don't want to see you losing your cool already. And it's amazing what a win or a loss, how that can shape a story. <laughs> exactly. Because if the Chiefs would have lost, that would be viewed a whole lot differently than it is right now. <laughs> if the Chiefs would have lost that game, people would have said they lost their composure on the sideline. They were the team that was supposed to be the one with the experience. But you see Travis Kelsey over there, and then that sort of festered with other players. And you can see it that if they would have lost, that would have been talked about. Instead, they won. And everybody jokes and Travis Kelsey saying, oh, I just told him I love him. You know, that's, that's, yeah. I was just telling him I love him. And, and Andy Reid was like, oh, you know, he caught me off balance there for a second. You know, I just uh, didn't have my feet under me <laughs> when, he, uh, when he came. Oh, he's just passionate. He's a really mm-hmm. passionate player. And so people can have fun with it because they won. But it was a bad luck. I mean, I don't, you, you don't put your hands on your coach like that. That was a really bad passionate or not. You know, you, you can't do that just because he wasn't in the game. You know, <laughs> if he wasn't in the game or he wasn't in on that play and Pacheco didn't fumble would Kelsey have been that upset because he wasn't in on one play? He doesn't play 100% of the snaps. He doesn't play 100% of the game. He has plenty of plays where he's not in. And that one I think was just sort of the, there is some passion to it certainly. um, But, but I think that was, uh, that that was, that was too far. You you can't do that. (laughs) It looked looked to me like Andy Reid sort of, he, he sort of got blindsided by him. Then he feels him, and oh, then he and then he asks one of the other kids. It looks like what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> he he was so in well, the moment. And and I think that's one of the things that makes Andy Reid a great leader. And I didn't think about it at the time, but somebody I work with had tweeted it out last night and said, you know, something that will get lost in that is Travis Kelsey does that. Andy Reid was sort of startled, dropped his play card just bent down and got his play card and then, you know, walked away. And he said, you know, how many, how many people that are leaders of great men, somebody's very upset. They're high, they're emotional, they're high strung, you know, their, their mind's going somewhere. They're, they're sort of, you know, on the verge of sort of out of control and just yelling that you just sit back and let them vent. Are you done? Okay. Now let's talk (laughs) and figure out what we need to do here because I'm not going to yell back and forth with you because nothing is going to get accomplished. Also, you shouldn't be talking to me like that because I'm your boss or whatever. However, it might happen with leaders of men. You don't see many leaders of men screaming back at somebody that's screaming at them. It might be because Andy Reid, that's happened on the sideline all the time. He is so calm and guys have been frustrated and yelling. And I've never seen him bark back at a player. I've seen him just calm, look at him. And then later on, you see them conversing on the bench and having Mm -hmm. like a grown up conversation. And I thought that was a really good point because, you know, at that moment, how many other coaches at high, strong Super Bowl would have snapped back? And now you see the coach and player yelling back and forth at each other on the sideline. Instead, Andy Reid just picked up his uh, play card and <laughs> walked the other way. Yeah. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, they didn't show it on TV, but they go and they hug and they're talking and everything and everything's fine. But I think that's one of the reasons why the players love Andy Reid. And I think it's one of the reasons what, what makes him a really good leader is understanding how to work with people. Jason. And what drives people and motivates them and how you reach them. Yeah. He, he is. He, he looks like a wonderful leader. Hey, we're running out of time. We've got to get to the news. So so much appreciated of, of your time over the last couple of weeks. And all I can say is enjoy the party. It's been well earned. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Give me a call.